Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be with you. I am excited about this series that we are in, The Gift, The Spirit, and The Church. And perhaps those of you who have been tracking with us for a while, you might remember that we've um, been talking about the Holy Spirit over the last year. We did a series last spring on the fruit of the Spirit entitled From the Inside Out. And then again in the fall, we talked about the spiritual disciplines and how the Holy Spirit works through those practices in our lives. And I was excited to discover that we were doing this series on the Spirit and the Church. And I must say, I was super excited to hear that we were going to be exploring this morning, um, talking about the spiritual gifts. And also, I just want to say how... um, just pleased I am to be with you this morning. I have to say before I go any further just how much I appreciate you. I may not be able to lay my eyes on you right now, but I just need you to know that you're in my heart and I appreciate you. And I'm here to serve you in any way that I can. And just know also that all of us, all of the the staff here at the pier, we're praying for you. We're praying for you, and we hear. We hear about the ways that you are diving deeper in your peer groups. We hear about the ways that you are serving your community, and we hear about the ways that you're loving your neighbor. And I have to tell you, that's infectious. It, it spurs me on. It makes me full of joy. And I also just have to say a huge thank you personally, because our family has experienced your love just recently with the passing of my husband's uh, father. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the the love that you've shown us. And um, yeah, my heart is with you guys. I love you. Can't wait until I can, as I said, just uh, see you in person. And so I'm just, again, just looking forward to this morning. I'm looking forward to leaning in, leaning in a little closer and a little uh, further into Jesus, and I'm looking forward to doing that together. So thank you for being here with us. We don't take it lightly that you would spend your time with us, so appreciate you. And as I said, we are going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. And the, the Spirit gives us these gifts in order to build and equip the church. Now, this topic of spiritual gifts within our, our larger faith um, topic, or our larger faith journey, I should say, is a massive one, okay? And so, talking about the spiritual gifts, and we are able to spend this morning talking about that. So, obviously, we are going to get a bird's eye view of this, okay? I know of other churches who have actually taken full years to go, a full year, sorry, to go through the spiritual gifts and what that means to the church. And other other times you hear of series around the spiritual gifts. Well, this morning we have a Sunday. (laughs) So I will talk really fast. I'm going to try to get in as much as I can. Um, But just know, again, it's, it's, we're looking at it kind of from a bird's eye view this morning. And so before um, we go any further, I think it would be super helpful for us to have some clarifications and some definitions, just as some groundwork, okay? So in the scriptures, the fruit of the Spirit, like I mentioned earlier, and the practices or disciplines um, and the gifts of the Spirit are discussed 
in one form or another, right, within the scriptures. But it's all stemming from our relationship with Jesus. It's all stemming out of um, being attached to the vine. And what is the difference in these things, within the gifts and the practices and the fruits? Well, I think we'll start there so that we can get on the same page moving forward. So the fruit of the Spirit, as recorded in Galatians 5, so love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, these are the byproducts of our um, relationship with Jesus, and they grow out of our relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And as a Jesus follower, we are called to have all of the fruits of the Spirit evident in our lives. These fruits cannot be misused or abused. They come straight from heaven. And they grow in us from the Spirit, and they reflect Jesus. So that is the fruit of the Spirit. The spiritual disciplines or practices, their purpose is primarily to uh, strengthen the individual with your walk with God, okay? So prayer, meditation, fasting, silence, solitude, um, celebration, study, simplicity. These are the disciplines and the practices. And we read in the Gospels, all, all through the Gospels, we see Jesus implementing these practices in his life. And it was all because of his relationship with the Father. And the same is true for us. So the spiritual disciplines, they strengthen our walk with God. And obviously, in turn, that will affect others that we are around, right? Whenever our relationship is strengthened um, in God, it will affect those who are around us. With the spiritual gifts that we're talking about this morning, we can see from Scripture that they are given by the Holy Spirit with the purpose of strengthening others, okay? So... All who have received Jesus as Lord and as have called Jesus their Savior receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and then the Spirit gifts us. And these man, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit through us, um, they're not just solely for, for the individual, but they are for the community around us. And we will receive at least one gift, but not all the gifts. But sometimes when we have multiple gifts, we can see that they work in a unique combination. And the Holy Spirit decides who gets what gift, and that's according to God's grace. And we may have a gifting for a season and then receive a different gift at another time. So we can think of it like this. The fruit of the Spirit is related to who we are. And the gifts of the Spirit are more related to what we do. And as we will discover, they are for the building up of the church and the equipping of the body of Christ. So the fruit, or sorry, the the, uh, gifts of the Spirit, unlike the fruit, unfortunately, they can be misused. And they can cause conflict um, because of a lack of character or abuse within using that gift. And there are examples all, you know, all through the epistles and throughout history of that, unfortunately. So there's a definition that I really like um, defining the, the gifts of the Spirit. 
um, from John Thompson, okay? A spiritual gift is a special attribute given by the Holy Spirit to every member of the body of Christ according to God's grace for us to use within the context of the body. They are endowments or special skills given by God that enable us to make our unique contribution. They are not natural talents, but divine abilities that enable us to do ministry. So notice that he talked about natural abilities. And I think it's really good for us to um, dive a bit deeper into that so that we can understand the difference between our um, natural abilities, our acquired skills, and our spiritual gifts. Because I don't know about... (laughs) I don't know if it's just me, but sometimes this can get a little confusing. So I thought we could just pause there for a minute and just talk about um, the difference. So Robert Clinton notes that our natural abilities are given by God through creation. They're qualities that are inerrant and are there from birth or can be developed over time. So some examples of these as you can guess are things like, you know, creative thinking, um, a good memory, being able to work with your hands, musical ability, athleticism. They are components of who you are, um, and they are unique to your creation. Now, an acquired skill um, or an acquired gift is basically how we choose to use those natural giftings. And these skills can be developed, you know, through our education and through our experience and um, through training. All of these things, uh, they are proficiencies. And we can become competent as we develop these natural abilities through our own effort. So we can see that what we, everything that we have, everything that we've been given, whether it is a natural ability or an acquired skill or a spiritual gift, has been given to us by God. Now, this is the difference, though, between what is that natural or acquired skill and what is a spiritual gift. It is this. The spiritual gift is the ongoing, guaranteed place of power. So the manifestations of the Holy Spirit working in and through us is a place of ongoing, guaranteed source of power. And so I just want to remind ourselves of Jesus' words before we go any further, okay? And John records Jesus' words in chapter 16, verse 7, this way. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And then in Acts, the book of Acts, Luke records Jesus' words to his followers. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we see here that the Holy Spirit (laughs) given to us results in power which results then in us being witnesses all over the face of the earth. And so, friends, Jesus said, Jesus said it, that it is better, it is better that he leave so that he could send the Holy Spirit. And I know I have asked this question of us before, but I'm going to ask it again. Do we believe that? Do we believe that it is better to have the Holy Spirit than the physical presence of Jesus? 
Well, Jesus himself said that it is, so we have to take note of that. And this is kind of our main question today, okay? Are we living out of the ongoing, guaranteed place of power through the manifestations of the Holy Spirit for the equipping of the church and the building of the kingdom of God? Is that, is, is that happening in our midst? So, I think we should read some more scripture before we go any further, okay? And one of the things that I absolutely love about <laughs> the scriptures is that if I didn't say another word all morning, but just read the scriptures, that would be more than enough. That would be so much that because the scriptures are the authoritative, inspired words of God. And they are used by the Holy Spirit to teach us, to convict us, to guide us. And so I just pray that um, the Holy Spirit would speak to us this morning through the reading of God's word. So I'm going to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, okay? And Paul wrote a letter to the church at Corinth. And the purpose of this letter was to identify some problems, okay? Some problems that were happening in the church. It was um, also meant to give some instruction, to offer some solutions, and to teach the, the believers how to live Christian lives in a corrupt society, okay? And so we have the privilege of gleaning from this letter that Paul wrote to this specific church. And it's always, always important for us to understand the, the context of what we're reading and then dive into the culture as well. And also understand where we are in the big picture of the story within the Bible. And we will see that there are general principles that we can learn um, from this letter. And then there are also, especially in chapter uh, 14, there are specific problems that Paul was addressing to that specific church. And we need to understand the difference. And there were problems of division, sexual sin. Uh, there were lawsuits going on at the time. Problems within the marriages, sexual immorality. There were problems concerning idols. And there were big problems happening during their times of worship. And there were also problems and conflicts within the, how the spiritual gifts were being uh, used. And so I remember I said, sometimes they cause conflict. Well, <laughs> they were in this church. And here Paul is addressing it, okay? So here we go. Dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. 
The same Spirit gives great faith to another and someone else. The Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So, awesome stuff, eh? So to recap, um, we are given spiritual gifts. Why? I'm hearing you, right? To help each other, okay? And the one spirit decides who gets what gift. And so Paul lists some of the gifts here that, that I just read. And so there are different ways that these spiritual gifts have been categorized, okay? And I don't think it's really wise for us this morning to get caught up in, you know, what in how, you know, different people over the years have labeled or divided up the lists or groupings of the gifts. I don't think that's, um, you know, we don't want to get into that. But at the same time, I also think sometimes, like, I have a really organized brain, and so I like sometimes seeing things laid out in a way that helps me understand it, okay? And so this morning, um, we are going to gain some insight from John Thompson and Robert Clinton, okay? And so they categorize the gifts of the Spirit this way. There are love gifts, which manifest the love of God in practical ways. There are word gifts that clarify the nature, action, and purposes of God. And then there are power gifts, which demonstrate the power, presence, and reality of God. Now, we know that all the gifts come from the source of power, which we read earlier, which is the Holy Spirit. And we know that the gifts are manifested out of the source of love, which is the Holy Spirit as well. So Gordon Fee puts it this way. There are service gifts. There are miracles and inspired utterances. Okay? And then they've also been categorized this way to help us understand. There are some manifestations that are gathered or that are, sorry, focused around our gathered times of worship together, okay? So those would be the gifts of tongues, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, the gifts of healing, the gift of power. And then there are some other gifts that are are more like our calling in terms of our roles. So there are apostles, there are prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. And then there are some that are meant for serving in the day-to-day, such as giving, serving, the gift of helps, Um, mercy, encouraging, or exhortation. So right now, you guys have the privilege of listening to some amazing youth, okay? Some of our junior youth. I have a huge list that is going to be on the screen of some of these gifts and their definitions because I think that would be helpful for us this morning. And instead of you having to sit and listen to me, (laughs) how much better is it to listen to Eden, Izzy, and Caden? So right now they are going to read through these for us, okay? So here we go. The gift of helps in serving. This is the capacity to unselfishly meet the needs of others through very practical service. Mercy is divine love under the Holy Spirit. Mercy sees what someone needs even then when they may not see it themselves. It is directed towards helping those in immediate distress. 
giving is capacity to give liberally to meet the needs of others and yet do so with purity of motive, which senses that giving is a simple sharing of what God has given. Administration involves the capacity to manage details of a service, functions to support and free those in leadership to prioritize their efforts, also called the gift of guidance or wise counsel. Teaching is Bible-centered and clarifies God's truth. It is the living word, Jesus, using his written word, the Bible, by the Spirit of Christ to bring attention to the will of the Father. Exhortation, encouragement, is spiritual cheerleading with the focus of applying biblical truth and to help others live out the faith practically. Apostleship, a messenger, it requires a special kind of authority from God being sent or commissioned by Jesus and having it affirmed in the community. Leadership is the what and where, not the how. It is the vision, not the implementation. It is the special ability to set goals in accordance with God's purposes. Shepherding, pastoring, is the capacity to exercise concern and care for members of a group so as to encourage them in their growth in Christ which involves modeling maturity, protecting them from error, and dismantling truth. Evangelism, the special ability to communicate the gospel message in relevant ways to unbelievers. Prophecy is the capacity to deliver truth of a predictive nature or a situational word from God. Tongues is a speech, prayer, or worship in a language unknown to the speaker. Interpretation is an exercise with the gift of tongues, two different people. The presence and practice of this gift will humble or bring someone to conviction. It will deepen unity and bring full fulfillment and encouragement to the church body. Intercession is a special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to pray for extended periods of time on a regular basis and see frequent and specific answers to their prayers. It is selfless, self-giving prayer. Faith, the ability that God gives certain members of the body of Christ to discern with extraordinary confidence the will or purposes of God for his work. Discernment is God-given sensitivity to truth, error, or evil. Words of knowledge, situational communication given by the Holy Spirit for that moment. Words of wisdom. This gift is an action when God gives a situational word or message acutely applicable in a moment that provides insight for people into the next steps of their spiritual journey. Wisdom is knowledge applied. Healing is the special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to serve as human intermediaries through the whom it pleases God to cure illnesses and restore health apart from the use of natural means. Miracles are the special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to serve as human intermediaries, through whom it pleases God to perform powerful acts that are perceived by observers to have altered the ordinary course of nature. Okay, I know that was a lot, right? There was a lot there, but how exciting, how exciting. And to think about the manifestations of one spirit at work in the body of Christ. I mean, can you think about what that would look like if all of those gifts were at play? 
in our community and through our church. And you may have some questions around, okay, Heather, that was an awesome list, but I don't know what gift I have. And that's, that's hey, that's a great question. That's a valid question. And at a later date, we are going to dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, and also, we're going to talk about that in our peer groups this week. But I want to encourage you with this this morning. If you are unsure of what your spiritual gift is, I just encourage you to just start digging in. Get into the scriptures. Start learning about what each gift is, and it will become clear. And start praying and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what gift that he has given you. Take some time to examine your passions and your desires and what stirs you and ask Jesus to show you what gift it is that he has given you. And then also test it, try it, right? Sometimes it just takes courage stepping out in that way and to just try something. And then also I think it's important that we watch and we note what, how others affirm things in us. Now, Yes, we need to be very careful who we listen to, but sometimes we, it, well, it's very important that we listen to and are teachable from those that we trust. So, you know, get people around you that, you, that are mature in the faith and, and, and listen for how they are affirming things in you. And a lot of times, um, others see things in us before we even see them in ourselves. And on a side note, um, let's just use the gift of mercy, for example, okay? If we don't have the gift, of, if I don't have the gift of mercy, does that mean that I don't have to show mercy? Well, of course not. <laughs> if I don't have the gift of evangelism, does that mean that I never have to share the good news of Jesus? Of course not. <laughs> um, there are no excuses for not living a Christ-like life, Okay. In any moment of any day, God can equip us with what we need in that moment. But I also want us to think again about Jesus, okay? What did Jesus model when he walked the earth? He lived out the disciplines and the practices of of who he was in relating to his father. And then he allowed and exemplified the, the spirit, the manifestations of the spirit to flow through him to all who were following and who were watching. And so I think it's important for us to go on and note um, what Paul says, what Paul continues to say to the church at Corinth, okay? Because this is important as well. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some Gentiles. Some of us are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by the Spirit, And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, does that not make it any less part of the body? And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if I had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And then it goes down to to verse 27. Paul says, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is part of it. 
Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First, our apostles, second, our prophets, third, our teachers, then those who do miracles, then those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now, he says, let me show you a way of life that is best for all. Okay, so I'm going to pause here, okay? And I will get back to Paul talking to us about the the way that is best for all. But church friends, I need you to hear me, okay? I need you, and you need me. It's just, it's as plain and simple as that. It's exactly what Rachel was talking to us about earlier. Every single person matters. Every single gift matters. And yes, some have been given more, but we need to remember With more, much is required. And we have to trust that the Spirit knows what he is doing by giving us the gifts. I just don't want us to doubt that as a follower of Jesus, we've been given a gift. The Holy Spirit isn't just going to forget you. (laughs) The Holy Spirit was, was sent to build the body of Christ and to equip us to see thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are the body of Christ on earth. And, you know, I believe that we are only going to find joy and peace when we come to the place within ourselves that rests and trusts that what God is doing and what God has chosen to give and do through us is up to him. If I am always chasing after what you have been given, well, what good is that going to do to me? And what good is that going to do to the community that I am serving? I have to, we have to trust that God knows us better than we know ourselves. And, you know, we will be held accountable for what God has given us. All of the talents, the natural abilities, the acquired skills, the spiritual gifts. One day Jesus is going to ask us, okay, what did you do with what I gave you? How did you serve those around you? How did you love your neighbor as yourself? And speaking of love... (laughs) Speaking of love, we have to keep reading. And you may be tempted because you've probably heard this passage, some of you maybe a million times, some of you at weddings, but I want us to resist the temptation to think of a husband and wife here, okay? Remember where Paul is writing this out of what he's just written about to the church, okay? He says, if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels but didn't but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, 
but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But then I grew up. I put away childish things. Now we see things imper imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows, that, knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Friends, we could, have, we could have all of the natural abilities in the world. We could have acquired skills that rival the best of the best. We could even have what some might consider the most attractive and effective spiritual gifts. But if we don't have love, we would have nothing. And notice what Paul says. If I didn't love others, I would be nothing. Friends, if you have spiritual ears this morning to hear, hear this. Jesus is love. Jesus loves you. And because of that great love, he sent his Holy Spirit to fill you to change you, to move you, to purpose you, to gift you, to enable you to love yourself and love others through his name for the glory of God Almighty. Jesus said that he is the vine and we are the branches. Friends, I want to be attached to that vine. Do you? I want to have the fruit of God's Spirit growing in me. I desire that this, the manifestations of His Spirit would flow out of me. And my prayer is that that is your desire this morning as well. Are you desiring to be filled with love? And we're going to do something a little different this morning, and it may seem a little strange, and it may seem a little awkward, um, it may seem a little weird, but I'm learning to be okay with weird. My kids tell me I'm weird all the time, and I take it as a compliment. But wherever you are, and even with whoever is in the room with you this morning, I just want you to open your hands out in front of you. And this is just a symbol of an open heart before God. And so just open your hands. And if this is the desire of your heart, then just say with me, Holy Spirit, come. 
Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your light. Holy Spirit, come. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now for every single person who prayed that prayer and desire to have more of you, desire to have your love fill them, desire to have your power in them, desire to be filled with your light. I pray in this very moment that you, you, Spirit of God, would have your way. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing in this moment, Holy Spirit, you are not limited to, to some building. You are everywhere. So Holy Spirit, move. I pray. Show us. Show us. Reveal to us how you have gifted us so that we can, we can love others. We can serve others in your name. Reveal to us. Give us the courage. Give us the understanding. Give us the knowledge. Give us the, um, the understanding, God, of how you have equipped us and enabled us to see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that there would be an outpouring of your love in this very moment that your love would seep into all those with their hands open and surrender to you, that there would be a powerful movement of your spirit, and that your love would minister in ways that would absolutely blow our minds. We trust you. We love you. And this is all for you. And it's in the beautiful, precious name of Jesus that I pray. Amen.